She's not shy to get up there and be on stage and just sing her heart out. And, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to see that. If it was any other venue, I might not have done it. But the fact that it was Lizzo, it just, it did absolutely have 99% to do with the whole reason why I did it was because of what she preaches and teaches. This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Welcome to this first Alopecia Life episode of 2023. Today, our guest is Natalie Diosti. We talk about one bold experience that many of us have already gone through and one that so many others are still wanting to, but just don't quite know how. The first time we choose to publicly be out in the world without anything on our head. The questions of what will people think or how will they respond are all still there, but so is the perfect timing that sometimes calls to each of us. That moment that says, if I don't do it now, I might never do it at all. This interview was filled with the realness of the moments of preparing to go out, the doubts that creep in, and the twist of emotions that builds that we are all so familiar with when learning to walk in the world in this new way. I'm so thankful Natalie chose to share her experience here with all of us on Alopecia Life Today. Natalie, welcome to Alopecia Life Today. Hello. Yes. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I am excited to talk about you, your alopecia story, and the reason that, you know, when listeners are, are listening right now, they might be going, who is Natalie, right? And I'm going to have you share about yourself, but a little bit of backstory. I saw Natalie post on one of the Facebook pages about her experience of going out in public for the first time, really openly bald. And she kind of rocked it. You were so good about talking about the steps that you went through to get there. And I loved the idea of just sharing it on the podcast with everybody. So I'd love for you to jump right in and just kind of share a little bit of backstory about your alopecia. Yes, absolutely. So I guess starting with the backstory, um, I was diagnosed with alopecia, I think it was about 15, 14, 15 years ago after I had my first um, baby. I, I feel like nobody forgets this when the first time they hear, have you always had that bald spot? That's what I heard. My husband mm-hmm. looked at it and he said, have you always had that bald spot? And I said, what? And I jumped off the couch and I looked in the mirror and I, you know, as everybody probably remembers seeing that first spot, it was very alarming. Like what's, what's happening. Um, so, you know, we did the normal thing where we went to the dermatologist. I sadly had one with bad bedside manner. He was <sighs> not very kind. And he said, congratulations, you're the proud owner of alopecia areata. You might lose 90% of your hair or 10% of it. And he literally kind of just left the room after that. He was, wow. it was <laughs> pretty stressful. You don't say congratulations, the proud owner, you know, right. um, it was pretty traumatic. Uh, the nurse was nice. And she, she said, you know, I've had uh, kids come in here after their parents got divorced or during extreme stress and they have the same thing. She said, I think a lot of times it's stress related. So 
she could kind of tell I was a little shaken and mm-hmm. she tried to make me feel better about it. And um, long story short, six months later, I got pregnant with my son and I never had another bald spot. And they, the one that I had grew back. And now 12 years later, I mean, the, the whole 12 years, I had long blonde hair, very long hair um, down, you know, to my back and never thought about it again. I just thought, oh, that was a fluke. My hormones were weird or I was stressed out because pregnancy does a number on your body. Um, it didn't happen after my son. And then I had my third child and it didn't happen after that. However, we got COVID and we got COVID. We were diagnosed um, December 31st, 2021. And we rang in the new year with a positive COVID uh, test. And I believe it was February. We had extreme stress because my husband went to the hospital. I mean, I'm going to spare you a lot of the story, but there was extreme stress there where I wasn't sure if he would come home or not. So I was having panic attacks. It was very, very scary, very scary time as everybody's gone through with COVID. Mm-hmm. And so February of 21, I started losing my hair again. The patches came back. Um, I went to the dermatologist again. We did the steroid shots. I didn't really think too much of it because the last time I had it, it grew back. So it wasn't a big deal. But from February up until December, I kept getting spots. And the spots that I that had I had lost, they were not growing back. So it's not like I had a spot, it grew back, and then I got a new one. It just kept coming out. Mm-hmm. And I was able to hide it. I mean, I'm sure everybody remembers the first couple spots they have. You could, you know, you part your hair this way, or you part mm-hmm. your hair this way, and you can hide it. And a, a, a headband, it's not really that big of a deal. I tried to just push it off, you know, because stress makes it worse, right? Like, that's, <laughs> that's what I was told. And I'm like, okay, well, this is pretty stressful, but I'm trying to just go with the flow on this. So then we got COVID uh, yet again that December. Oh, and um, yeah, and it just, from then on, I would run my fingers through my hair, like very gently. I wouldn't pull it, obviously. And hair would just come out in chunks in my hand. And I I, I remember just thinking, what is, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And I really didn't think that it would get to the point where I would lose it all. I just, I, I, I just didn't think it would. I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever really thinking that, like, I'm going to lose my, all my hair. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. pretty shocking process. But it eventually, I think around April, I had like 10% of my hair left and, you know, I couldn't wear toppers anymore. I mean, I, I was playing with toppers. I hated wigs. The toppers were great because they didn't really feel like a wig. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, a, yeah, I was like, this is not going to work anymore. I just, I'm just going to shave it. Like I'm holding on to something that's not going to even stay. So I took those shavers and I, the shaver, and I just went at it. My two daughters, um, 13 and eight at the time were in the room in the bathroom. And I remember my eight-year-old, her jaw dropped. She's kind of like, what are you doing? Even though there's only 10% hair, it's not like I'm shaving my head. Right. And uh, I'll never forget because my 13-year-old, she goes, mom, oh my gosh, you look so badass. (laughs) And when she said that, my first mother instinct was to to go, excuse me, you cannot say ass. Like, you know what I mean? Like I wanted to correct her. But then in the moment, it was so beautiful when she said it and it made me feel, I needed to hear that. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful moment, to be honest with you. So that's my backstory with alopecia. My husband's business partner, him and his uh, his daughter, they love Lizzo. And my daughter and I, we do too. We she's um, she's amazing. Her whole story, her whole theme, if you will, is is all about being you and loving yourself for who you are, you know, and just full on just love for yourself, despite anything that might be going on with you or your body or anything else. 
So he invited us to the Lizzo concert and we had a couple months to prepare. And I like to go fun with these things, like a fun outfit, you know, let's, mm-hmm. let's have fun with it. And I kept thinking like, oh, a pink wig would be fun. A rainbow wig would be fun. But every time I thought about a wig, it just, something about it felt unauthentic to me. And wigs are not unauthentic. Like, I don't want that to sound like you're being fake if you wear one. I wear one every single day. It just, for some reason with the Lizzo concert and her whole voice, as far as not voice, like her actual speaking voice, but her whole um, theme of loving yourself and being who you are unapologetically you, I just felt like putting a wig on just felt almost fake and phony for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, although I did, of course, I ordered one. I ordered one from Amazon, a really, really beautiful hot pink one. And it came in and it was gigantic. It was huge. Be careful when you order those on Amazon. I mean, it, was, but it must have been for like a two-headed person. It was, it was huge. So that it didn't work out. It was actually really pretty. I probably would have, I probably would have worn it. But then I started thinking, you know, I've seen these, there's some model recently. I she was on the runway a few months ago and she had like gold foil or something on her head. I don't know if anyone ever has seen that, but it was very unique looking. I've seen it before on um, Real Housewives where they do like this, they slick their hair back and put like a, it's not foil, but it's kind of like a gold or a silver metallic. Anyway. And I thought, oh my gosh, it would be really cool is if I did something like that. Like if I did glitter and I thought, oh my gosh, that'd be really cool to have a glitter head. Like why not just own it? Like, yeah, just own it. And, you know, turn, um, turn what's not been a fun time at all. Like probably one of the worst times of my life and put some sparkles on it and just go to town and be me, even though this is not me, it's me right now. And it's something I'm going through and it's a part of my journey. So I guess I do have to, you know, own it a little bit more. So I did, so I wasn't sure exactly how to do it. But I, I, that's kind of how I am. Like, just if I want to get something done, I'll, I'll figure it out. So I found the, this really cool glitter on Amazon and this glitter glue on Amazon. And I ordered it. I ordered a ton of it. And um, I actually went to a football party at a friend's house that, that day. And I brought all this stuff with me just in case the women, the wives wanted to do it with me. But it ended, ended up being a bigger party than we thought it was going to be. So I, didn't, I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it here. So um, we went to go pick up my daughter from a friend's house. And there were three 14-year-old girls, uh, my daughter being one of them. And so I took everything out of my car. I said, do you guys want to glitter my head? And they were like, are you kidding me? Of course. Like They were so excited. And we went out on their back porch. And it's funny because the glue comes in these little sticks that kind of looks like a lip gloss. So they had to like... Fun. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, fourteen-year-old girls—they were all over it. They were loving it. So that was that was a cool experience in itself because it's like you're being vulnerable around your kids, your teenage child's girl <laughs> friends. Like that's kind of there's like a lot of factors there. Oh yeah. When it comes to teenagers and your daughter, and I always ask my girls like, "Will this embarrass you? Should I not do this?" And they always say, "No." Are you kidding me? Are you joking? So. My daughter actually thought it was really cool, was not embarrassed by it whatsoever. The, all the girls thought it was so cool. They were so supportive and it looked really cool. Yeah, that was a very fun part of the experience too, was showing them without saying it that you can be yourself and mm-hmm. you can glamorize it, so to speak. Glamorize something that's not so glamorous, you know? It, yeah. Um, not that it's not glamorous, but you know what I mean? Like it's it's a painful... I didn't choose to shave my head. If I had chosen to, that's different, but... I got the glitter all over my head and, you know, there was a couple of times where I was like, am I sure I want to do this? Like, mm-hmm. 
I would hesitate a little bit and I'm like, who cares? Like that was always in the back of my, who cares? Like this is Lizzo. Like she's getting up on stage and she's literally getting up on stage, preaching, be yourself, be who you are. She's not shy to get up there and be on stage and just sing her heart out. And and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to see that. If it was any other venue, I might not have done it. But the fact that it was Lizzo, it just, it did absolutely have 99% to do with the whole reason why I did it was because of what she preaches and teaches. So we end up going and I got out of the car and I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go. You know, like, here we go. And the funny thing is, as we were walking into the arena, it's the hockey arena here in Tampa, the Emily, as we were walking in, I saw another girl in front of me who had alopecia. I mean, you see another bald person in public, you just assume that they have alopecia, you know, a woman. And I wanted, she was kind of too far in front of me, but I really wanted to like run up to her and be like, Hey, you know, like, it's kind of awkward. I've, I've never actually, besides her, I've only seen one other person and I was driving and he was on the sidewalk and I wanted to pull over and be like, Hey, like, <laughs> we're alike. Like, I want, I don't know what to do in that situation. Like you do hug him. Like I've, I've never actually come in contact with another um, alopecia person. I would absolutely love to, because you know, you share a common a bond. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting that I saw her walk up and I thought, girl, she's owning it. She's walking in there. That's amazing. And so we walked in and, um, I think I was telling you this the other day when I walk in somewhere, I'm six foot tall. So when I walk in, people see me, they look at me. It's just, it's normal. Um, I'm a six foot tall woman for people to look at me and be like, Oh, she's tall. You know, it's just, it's the nature of the beast. So I'm a extroverted introvert, so I can be extroverted when I need to, but I require a lot of alone time to like recharge my batteries, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So in cases like this, when I walk into it, a big arena, I put on what I call um, like horse blinders, like the horses when they have the things on the side of their eyes so they can't see a snake and get spooked. <laughs> That's pretty much what I do. I put on my horse blinders and I just don't look at other people, like not in a rude way. I just... I I've grown through the years. I, I just, I don't like some of the looks I've gotten, not that they're mean or anything. I don't personally like to get looked at, which sounds ironic considering I walked into an arena with my head full of glitter, but I was doing that for the most part. But then I started to catch myself like looking around a little bit more than I normally do. And the reactions were very surprising to me. Like, I mean, I saw people like jaw drop, like it was amazing. Like you can tell by somebody's uh, body language, they're not making fun of you. They're like impressed by it or like, whoa, cool. I had like five separate people walk up to me and say, wow, my gosh, I love your, ha- oh, not your hair, but I love your head. Like, I love what you did. Amazing look. Oh my gosh. Like a couple of people asked me to take their picture with them. Like people couldn't be more supportive. And I think that's been like kind of the, sort of scary thing through this whole thing is you don't know how people are going to accept you. And it's a weird, it's a weird feeling because all it is is hair. Like if you think about it, it's, it's pretty dumb. Like it's like hair actually carries so much power to it. And, Mm -hmm. and in society it's um, it carries a lot of weight. So walking out there with a bald head, you don't know if people are going to point and laugh. Like that's, that's what I think in my head. I'm like, oh, they're going to point and laugh. And they're going to make fun of me. Like, mm. which is silly because I'd say in a crowd of 100 people, you might have one person who might. Do you know what I mean? And probably mm-hmm. even then, they're 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 the one that's going to look like a a tool, right? <laughs> you know. So it was a really it was an interesting social experiment, I could say, because I walked out of there just feeling so good about myself and 
I remember the next morning I woke up and I was looking at the pictures and I just, I cried because I was so proud of myself. Like mm-hmm. I was, and it's been a while since I've cried that I'm proud of myself. I'm very hard on myself, very, very hard on myself. So it was a very cool, special moment. And it was something very cool to share with my teenage daughter. This was her first show ever. And I always tell the kids when they walk into a situation that might be a little nerve wracking, I say, you got to walk into that room and you got to own it. You walk in there like you own it, you know, in a humble way, not like a, you know, I own this building, like um, just own yourself, own your presence in the room. And I've always said that. And I've always done that up until I lost my hair. (laughs) And so I did. That was the first time since I lost my hair that I walked into an arena and I owned it. And it was nice to put my money where my mouth is, as far as my daughter, you know, for her to actually see that and be at a Lizzo concert with her mom who doesn't have hair, who's got sparkles all over her head. I think that she'll probably process that and hopefully go back to that later in life, that memory. Um, She will. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, as you're talking, I'm listening to so many different things coming up, right? I mean, the fact that you were with your daughter to apply the glitter and that's such a kind of a teenage moment. And then like more of these insecurities that come out in as we're teenagers, you know, the thought of going, how are people going to accept me? What are they thinking? What are they doing? And all these things that we think that are a thing of the past as we're adults and we become parents and all of these things, life experiences, you know, lead to, but then we still go back to those moments of insecurity and, and we all do it, all of us, especially when we're, you know, when this is such a confrontation, right? We go, okay, how am I going to be in the world today? And, and that becomes kind of an everyday discussion until it, until it just doesn't, you know, there's a comfort that comes from how you're going to be. And you wear a wig every day, you said, and that's the most comfortable you are. But in that moment, that night, that's how you wanted to be. That's how you wanted to reveal yourself. And I think that that shows so much to your children, to your husband, to, you know, your peers that they go, wow, you know, she was able to do this, even though she was very uncomfortable doing it, you know, it wasn't easy for you. And I think that people do understand that. Yeah, no, I I, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, usually when I'm driving around my car, I don't have a wig on, I have a baseball hat. Like I, I really don't like to wear the, they're just uncomfortable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are times like I've, I go to lunch with my friends and they say, why, why aren't you, why are you wearing a wig? Take it off. You look amazing. And I go, you know what? There's just some times where I just don't want to, I don't want it. Like, I don't want the looks. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to explain it. I want to have to talk about it. I don't want to run into somebody I haven't seen in a long time and explain, you know, like. I just want to enjoy your company. I don't want to have to explain to even strangers, right? Who feel they right. can approach you. So yeah, it's, it's such an interesting thing that people um, without alopecia, don't really understand. Even our, our friends and family who accept us and love us for how we look, they don't quite understand what it is to just go, oh yeah, just you know, take your hat off, be free, be this. It's such a different feeling than and and sense of being that the they just don't understand, unfortunately. Yeah. No, I've I've, I've noticed that even though, you know, like you said, they're trying to be supportive and mm-hmm. It's just, and it's, it is so funny when you think about it because hair is just, you don't realize how much weight it holds. It it really does. And it's pretty, pretty crazy because I'm the exact same person. I think that's what I've I've learned through this whole thing is like, I have not changed. I mean, maybe a little bit, I've gotten stronger to be honest with you, but Mm -hmm. my soul wasn't affected by losing hair. I mean, maybe it grew, but you know what I'm saying? Like I haven't, I'm not mean now or I'm not, you know, uh, 
this certain color is not my favorite color anymore. I like this color now. Like I'm a completely different person or something. I speak a different language now because I don't have hair. Like, no, I'm the, I'm the completely, completely the same person, but I look in the mirror and that's not what I see. And that's what I have a really hard time with. Yeah. And I think that's what, what people don't see too is what's going on in your mind when you look in the mirror and you see the reflection, you don't recognize the person in the mirror. And that's yeah. it's weird. That's when it's weird to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you're saying something that every person with alopecia completely understands 100%. They're like, yeah, the mirror, that mirror image, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who am I? And then you do, you have to do a lot of self-reflection, right? Who am I? Is my soul different? No. Is, you know, is my personality different? Well, it's struggling right now, right? There's, there's yes. things that are challenging me for sure. And then I always bring up that it's interesting because people will tell you it's just hair. And then you're thinking, oh, this is such a superficial thing. You know, I'm not this vain person, but I, why do I care? And then people say, well, it's, it is just hair and you shouldn't take it so seriously. And it's not cancer. You should be thankful. Right. Yeah. And so, and so yeah. yeah, there's this whole interesting, uh, I would call it something else um, off you know, audio, but it, it's something that, <laughs> yes, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Do you hear yep. what I'm saying? Yes, um, yes. Where they just, you, you kind of go, why am, why am I so attached to this? And, and why is it that I can't grieve this either? So it's kind of this mm-hmm. very odd place to be um, that everybody understands who has alopecia for sure. And even parents who have children with alopecia, it's the same thing. So yeah, yeah. thanks for sharing all of that for sure. And I love that you said, you know, when you go into a room, being tall kind of prepared you for putting on those blinders and just doing it because that's also something that many of us, when when we do that, go out for the first time or start to go out without anything on our head, we go, okay, I'm just putting these blinders on. It's a great coping mechanism, really. I mean, because it is, it's a protective measure that you can put on and go, I don't have to pay attention to what everybody's saying, seeing or anything. And I think it it works for, you know, those initial stages for sure. And then it progresses to being, you you don't notice it after a while. You just don't. Have you experienced that yet? No. (laughs) Um, I, that, okay. So I went out on my birth, when I turned 40, my, my 40th birthday, I went out with my very close friends who I love dearly, like siblings and we went to a small beach restaurant and that's the first time I went out with, without uh, a wig on. I brought a wig and everything. And I was like, you know what? I love you guys. I'm feeling it. I just want to be myself tonight. It's my birthday dinner, whatever. So we, I, that's the first time I ever went out and people were very nice to me. Um, and then the Amelie arena was like the first time in like real public and like an extreme forum. And I haven't gone. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I did go to target one time. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be myself. I'm going to go out there. And I went out, I went to Target. I asked my nine-year-old, I said, will this embarrass you? No, of course not. Okay, okay. And so I walk in there. I'm feeling I'm feeling good about it. And then this little girl, like like five-year-old, she stares at me and her eyes get big. Mm-hmm. And then she starts walking to her mom and she goes, mom, why is that, why is that girl bald? And she looked like she was scared of me. And it just it jolted something in me because I've always loved kids. I've always worked with kids. I love kids. And mm-hmm. she kind of looked at me like she was scared. And it just, it made me feel, um, I don't know what, I don't know what word to use to describe that, but it felt, I wanted to put a hat on so bad. So fast. Yeah. Like, 
Um, a part of me wanted to tell her that I didn't eat my vegetables, like just make a joke out of it, but I didn't want to, I was like, I'm just going to ignore it. I don't know. I don't want to upset her mom with, you know what I mean? I'm just going right. to, it. it hurt me. Cause I, I've always had kids look at me and smile and laugh and giggle or whatever. So I have, I don't really go out that much bald. I haven't gotten there yet. And, you know, honestly, I'm going to say it's probably mainly because of kids. Cause, and, and that's probably a silly thing to say because kids are some of the most um, accepting human beings on the planet. So I should probably learn to get over that. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I haven't gotten to that point yet. I, I am at that point in my car. I don't care. Like I just get in the car. And, but other than that, I have not gotten to that point, but I would like to. That's, that's a great point though, that you are talking about this because being, being free in your car, like when I, when I coach people, I'm like, Hey, you know, would this be a good starting point for you if they want to do that? And I do not believe that's like the ultimate sense of freedom is going bald. I mean, you can feel however you want about being bald in public. And if you'd like to try it, the car is the best place for it, right? Because you, we all feel kind of protected in our car. We, we talk to our kids. We sometimes yell at our spouses. We sometimes um, do all sorts of things in the car. So it's kind of this safe space that, that you can feel protected from the outside environment. So it's always a good starting point for sure mm-hmm. for those who are looking for that first step. I think too, that when you talk about kids, it's so relatable, right? Because there's, like you said, they are so accepting, but if they don't know, then they, they, they won't understand it. Right. And they, they sometimes it, it's so simple of an explanation, you know, when, when we're not feeling, you know, hurt by what we've seen when we don't want to hurt their feelings or anything like that, there's, there are opportunities to share, but that wasn't it, right? You were just kind of, I'm going to feel and be in this moment and wish I had my hat because that's a very real emotion. And then, you know, you're going to think through it and maybe try again or maybe not. And it's totally up to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it is a real common thing. I know that kids can be so sweet and so understanding when when they know and then so inquisitive and and scared by by what we look like because it's just different than what they yeah. than what they know and Absolutely. and I think yeah as a mother I know you know that that's just just common stuff if we're not talking about our talking about all sorts of things with our kids how are they going to understand it and until that moment that that mother may not have ever you know had to talk about someone who was bald in in a sense that was not I mean because you don't look ill you know when you're out you look healthy and so that's something that is confusing I think to the human eye so they have to go oh well she she has cancer that would be the first thing that people go to for the most part yeah I'd love to kind of share you talked about COVID Mm -hmm. but I would love to hear about what your discovery was when you started to look into maybe what was going on with your body, right? You're saying, you know, so that's, this- yeah, that's a whole other um, chapter <laughs> that um, I'm the kind of person I, I, I'm like a detective. Like I, I love to find answers. I don't just, I don't just go to the first dermatologist and they say it's an autoimmune. Okay. Thanks. Bye. We're good. It's autoimmune. I have to learn to live with it. That's just not how I, I I go, hmm, but why? Like, I'm always a but why person. And Mm -hmm. why is it autoimmune? What caused the autoimmunity? This doesn't sound right to me. I go with my gut instinct all the time. And my gut was telling me, there's something else wrong here. And 
for me personally, I'm not saying for everybody else, everybody's different. There are so many reasons why people lose their hair. Um, I've learned so much about hair loss, but for me personally, I had this gut feeling. I said, I thought to myself, this is stage one. Well, actually this state, my, my hair being lost is probably stage three. Like what's stage mm-hmm. four? What's the next, what's after my hair being gone? Because this is not normal. And I went to about eight or nine professionals. Uh, my husband and I, I love him so much. He made an appointment for me in New York City to go see an alopecia specialist at Columbia. Mm-hmm. We went to, geez, I don't even, eight professionals, dermatologists, the, the specialist in Columbia. I reached out to somebody in Miami. Like we've gone above and beyond. And I still was not happy with what I was hearing. You know, everybody that I was seeing, you know, they're, they're, they're doing their jobs and they're doing the best they can. But mm-hmm. I just kept hearing, it's autoimmune, it's autoimmune, it's autoimmune. And it just reminded me of my first baby. She would cry every single day. And the doctor, the pediatrician said, oh, it's colic. Mm-hmm. I came home and I Googled colic. It says colic means a baby's crying. <laughs> okay. Um, but why is the baby crying? You know, and we found out later she was allergic to dairy. But they didn't tell us that. They just kept, they just wrote it off as colic. So alopecia means hair loss. So, you know, there's, and there's so many different reasons as to why. Um, I'm not a medical professional by any means. I'm just saying from what I've learned and researched and been told. So I, in my gut feeling, I thought there's something else going on here and it's going to get worse if I don't address it. And so when we went to that professional in Columbia, she was beautiful and amazing person. She's great. Um, she came in the room and she saw my, my hair at the time. I mean, 50, 50, you know? Um, and she said, Oh, this is the kind of alopecia I like because this is the kind I can fix. And that made me feel so good. I mean, you want to hear that. Mm-hmm. And, um, she said, um, you just take this pill and it'll, it, it'll grow back and it's Jack's inhibitors, which I'm sure a lot of you are probably familiar with, but it's, um, I was prescribed Zelgens. So, it took about six months to actually get the Zelgens though, because at the time, it, this was before it was passed. I don't know yeah, the verbiage for that. Yes, yes. And so it had to go, we had to go through circles with uh, the insurance because they didn't want to pay for it. It's very expensive out of pocket. My husband mm-hmm. said, oh, we'll just pay out of pocket. It's like $8,000 a month or something insane. Like, never mind. So I have the Zelgens. It's sitting on my nightstand and I'm not ready to take it yet simply because my gut is telling me don't take it yet. So it's sitting there and I'm, I'm not opposed to it. Not, not, I mean, I'm still debating on whether I'm going to take it or not. I'm, I may take it in the future and it might be my saving grace. I don't know. But as of right now, I'm still in the what's going on phase or I was, I know what it is now. Um, I went to a doctor about two months ago, maybe three months ago. And um, she ran, I went in to see her and she said, what tests have you done? I said, blood test. She goes, what kind of blood test? I said, just regular blood test, whatever the doctor told, I don't know, like whatever the doctor said, I did blood test. She said, okay, that's not enough. She said, you, so she did, she ran four different tests for me. Saliva, urine, stool, blood, and a DNA test. Like there was a very intensive test. So long story short, she told me, she said, your lead levels are so high that I almost fell off my chair when I saw it on my computer. And the state of Florida called me and sent a letter um, because there's my lead levels are so high and my mercury is high. I have uh, 95th. I don't know what this means, but 95th percentile of glyphosate, glyphosate, mm-hmm. glyphosate, yeah. um, which is roundup. Roundup, uh, Yeah. Uh, I have mycotoxins, molds, fungus, you name it, pretty much any toxin. I have it. And um, it has to do with the genes that 
I have, I have a gene called MTHFR Mm -hmm. and it makes it easier for your body to absorb all of these toxins. And it makes it very hard for your body to expel all these toxins. So Mm -hmm. my body sucks it up and then it just kind of keeps it. It doesn't, doesn't get it out. The past two months I've been on a chelation, heavy metal detox glyphosate uh, protocol. And I'm not sure if it's, I can't really tell if it's working yet or not. She said it should probably take about three months. My hair is not growing back yet, but she said it should be growing back soon. She's not sure. She said sometimes in the past when she's done this, the people's hair can grow back during the detox, but sometimes you lose more during the detox and it'll come back after because it just depends on how your body, you know, everybody's different, but um, that's the long and short of it. I'm just waiting for this detox to be over and I'm hoping that it's these heavy metals and other toxins in my body that have been causing a ruckus. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be doing a Dutch test too. I think there's a lot that has to play with cortisol. I mean, there's so many things when it comes to this, it's not just one thing. And I sure as heck wish it was because that would be so much easier to take care of. Yeah. It's like, it's like a cat and mouse game. It's, it's just, everything leads to something else and it's, it's not an easy fix, but I am very happy that I did find all this out and that I didn't quit. I don't say, I don't, I don't want to say quit that I kept searching because I was listening to my gut. Yeah. Um, I kept searching and searching and this is a pretty good answer. I mean, had I just taken the Zeljans, that lead would still be there. The mercury right. would still be there. The glyphosate, which causes cancer would still be there. And glyphosate is, is a big, they, they have those random commercials about if you have cancer because of Roundup, like it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a serious thing. Right. And thank God I found it out and kept looking because I got all of my kids tested and thank God they don't have heavy metals, but my, my son has just as much glyphosate as I have. So and we're pretty like organic people. So it's kind mm-hmm. of weird. I don't, you know, but it has a lot to play with your genes. So um, we're getting him cleaned up too, but he, he has hair and everything. He doesn't, right. he's not, he's not alopecia, but yet, you know, I mean, yeah. mine didn't begin until I was, you know, the first time, I guess I was 29, mm-hmm. 28 and second time, 40 years old. So it just would have, things would have gotten worse for me. Had I not kept going. So about the Zildjian's, I'm not opposed to it whatsoever. And everybody has their own, you know, opinion on it. And if it's working for you, that's awesome. I love it. I just, I have it on the back burner for now. If if I clean myself up and that wasn't what it it was, then I'll take it. But yeah, that's where I am with that journey. It's been a wild one. It's confusing when you read something online and you go to a doctor and they say, oh no, that's not that. And you're like, what? And then you go to another doctor and the doctor contradicts the other doctor that you just talked to. Right. And it's, it can be very confusing and exhausting. It's, it's emotionally draining, but you know, it's your body, it's your life. It's a, yeah. one of the, it's the most important thing, you know? And mm-hmm. so I just keep trucking along. Yeah. Well, I'm curious about the MTHFR gene. Did you know you had that before you got tested? No, I had no idea. Interesting. Okay. So, and I'm just curious. So are you, did you test your son to, to see if he yeah. had that gene? We test. So I test my husband and, and all of my kids just because we want to make sure there wasn't like lead in the water or anything crazy. Yeah, and yeah. We all have the MTHFR gene. Um, Seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So they're on certain protocols as far as cleaning. I mean, my daughters, my daughters are okay. It's just my son. He's fine. Right. Right. Um, he does stutter though. And I've been to a couple speech therapists for him. And this mm-hmm. doctor who found out the glyphosate, she said the glyphosate can cause stuttering. I mean, I can go into why, but it's pretty crazy. So I'm hoping that 
once we um, get the glyphosate out of his system, that the stuttering will go away because it has to do with, <laughs> I can go into detail if you want, but his kidneys aren't, the glyphosate just recirculates through his blood and it goes, breaks through the blood brain barrier mm-hmm. and glyphosate interrupts the dopamine and norepinephrine, okay. which can cause the brain to think faster than your mouth uh, can keep up with. So oh. when he, it, it's just, it's all about the district, like how the glyphosate interacts with those two brain chemicals. It's, and it's funny because you can see it when he plays the piano, he plays very fast, like mm-hmm. insanely fast to where, you know, it's not normal. Like you got to mm-hmm. slow down, you got to go with the tempo. Like, so I'm hoping that this will help him with the stuttering. Yeah. It's all very fascinating. It is fascinating. And I just want to say how awesome you are that you advocated for yourself and then realized that there's like a much bigger problem here, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's it's hair loss, but but it has helped you identify things that are life-changing for you. I mean, life-saving for you guys. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I just, like I said, I mean, for some, for some people, it might be a simple testosterone tweak. It might be, I don't know. I mean, there's so many different reasons, but I just had this gut feeling that something worse was going to come next because your body doesn't normally just get rid of its hair. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm also interested. So you said that this, that you think the hair loss was step three kind of in the, in the process, but it was like, it kind of, you you always go, is this the chicken or the egg, right? You go, is this, is the hair loss this, or did this, was this just kind of building? And then, um, this just happened. And then, and then now it's revealing itself. And like you said, step four or five could have been, you know, rheumatoid arthritis, something definitely mm-hmm. more physically serious for sure or cancer for sure or I cancer mean, yeah yeah lead is terrible for you i mean mm-hmm. or you know down the road i could have a uh, alzheimer's or who knows what mm-hmm. from the heavy metals um right. Right. but yeah no it's it's i just kept listening to my body and thinking something is off and i i told my husband i said hair aside if i never get hair back i i just need to know what's going on inside of my body because mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, it'd be wonderful to get my hair back. It's all, trust me, that's all I want. I know you guys, that's all you want too, I'm sure. But I also, it's a reflection of my interior health, in my opinion. And that's what I don't like. Yeah, yeah. For me anyway. It'll be interesting to know how many people with alopecia have that gene um, mm-hmm. after listening to this and to hear um, people's stories and to also know that they can get tested for it, right? Because we don't need to be walking around with toxins in our bodies, you know, not being able to get expelled through our kidneys and, and all the other wonderful things that our bodies are made for. But if, if we have this gene, then it's really important to know that for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cause it yeah. can, it can, it causes other problems besides just this. I mean, mm-hmm. MTHFR, I believe, I mean, I don't know to be honest, but I think it can cause like, I have Hashimoto's too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It can cause a lot of autoimmune diseases. So yeah, yeah, it's not just alopecia. Right. Absolutely. And that's, I think a great part to end on, and we could probably talk a whole lot about health, but I would love to hear if you have any kind of words of wisdom for folks who are, who are interested in going out there doing the, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go bald today. I'm going to own it. I'm just going to try it. What What are the steps that you can kind of think that would help them to do that if they're looking for that? Um, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite. I, I really have a hard time with hypocrites because I don't want to say it because I'm not doing it. I mean, I did. I mean, I went out there with the, with the glitter or whatever. 
But if I were to go do it, I would be telling myself, first of all, my first thing is who cares? Like, honestly, who cares? If somebody's going to think about you, it's going to be for two seconds in their 24 hour period of time. And it's going to float by, it doesn't matter. And probably what they're thinking is, wow, she's brave or wow, she's cool. Or wow, I could, I couldn't do that. It's usually what people think. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like in these kind of situations, people always think that people are judging and being like, I can't believe she's doing that. Oh my God. Like they're thinking of like the stereotypical 1990s high school movie with a mean girl. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, that's not at all usually what's going on in people's minds. Usually people are going, I could never do that. And they're comparing themselves thinking that they wouldn't be able to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like if, if I saw somebody, I wouldn't be thinking, wow, I can't believe she's doing that. I'd be like, good for her. Oh my God. You're making me want to do it now. And like, I've told my kids in the past, like you got to walk into a room, like you own it again, not like a jerk. Like you're not like, this is my room, but you know, you walk in there, like you own the space, you belong there. And just as you are, just, you know, just as you are, just who you are. And I got to say a really fun thing I did. I hope I'm not getting off topic, but this might help too. I love the movie, The Greatest Showman. I love it. Mm-hmm. Those songs just get me up and dancing. And the last time I saw it was the first time I've ever seen it bald. And I was like, oh, I like, this is me. Like that song, this is me. And mm-hmm. I was like, I actually, I feel like I can actually sing the song more now because I have more of a reason like those people in the movie to like sing about this is me. Like, and I'm happy with who I am and who, you know, who I am and what I look like. Like, it's okay because this is me. This is my heart. This is who I am. It has nothing to do with what I look like. That's a really good um, hype song. <laughs> if you want to like throw that on in your car and drive around bald a little bit. Yeah. And um, I keep these little chemo caps. I know it sounds awful. They're really cute. I think they're cute. They're like little snow caps, but I keep those in my car as well as the Lululemon baseball hats, just because they're the softest mm-hmm. for your skin. If it's a nice I mean, I'm in Florida, but we've had like a glimpse of cooler weather lately and I'll roll down the windows and I'll take the hat off. I'll go, oh my gosh, it feels so good on my head. But sometimes I come to a stoplight and I pop that baseball hat on and it's okay. Like I honestly, like you said before, like we don't all have to be okay with that. We don't all have to just go out there and do that right now. Like it's, I think you do it when you're comfortable. Definitely don't do it if you're not feeling comfortable, because I think that could just make things worse. But if you're going to, if you want to do that, I would suggest going out with um, people that you really love and trust by your side. Like that's what I did for my birthday. I had people that I love the most next to me or somebody like uh, Lizzo inspiring you to just be who you are and unapologetically you. Love it. I love that. Thanks so much, Natalie, for being with us today and for the great advice and sharing your story with all of us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your time with us today. After listening to this interview, I think we can all agree that sometimes it's not a one and done experience. It's a personalized process that each of us gets to decide on without pressure from our coworkers, best friends, or family. It's completely up to us in our own time. I've heard thousands of stories of these first moments, and each of them is so special, even if it didn't turn out the way we had hoped. 
I remember the first time I said to myself, it's got to be now. I was actually driving down to California to the NAF conference with my daughter, my sister, and my mom. It was the first time anyone would be seeing my newly published book, Head on Stories of Alopecia. I did feel a sense of accountability. If I can't do it, have an experience going out and know how this feels to choose, how can I talk about it when people are looking for support and guidance? As fate would have it, I had run out of eyebrow pencil and needed to go grab one while I was on the road. I was in a city where no one knew me. Why should I care about what people thought? But I did. I remember getting out of the car. Immediately, the hot sun and nervous energy made me sweat. I wasn't wearing anything on my head, and it felt foreign to me. I walked into Sephora with my sister. I think we were both a little on edge. She was there for support, just like Natalie had with her friends. I definitely wasn't owning it, but I knew and felt this was the pivotal moment for me. It probably took all of five minutes. Get in, get out, breathe a sigh of relief. Over the next day and a half, I used every opportunity to do it again. Stopping for gas, checking into a hotel, and finally arriving at my destination, physically and figuratively. Today, I have reached that time in my life where I forget I'm bald. It's something I had heard others say and didn't believe was a real possibility for me. It certainly wasn't one and done, though. Sometimes it's baby steps, and sometimes it's huge, bold moves. And sometimes it's comfort in knowing who we are while wearing something on our head. I'd love to hear your story. Come on over to our Alopecia Life Facebook community to share. We have such a supportive group there. There's no one right way to do alopecia. There's only your way. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and is meant for general information purposes only. If you are enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review for Alopecia Life wherever you download and listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to alopecialife.com to find out more information on courses, coaching, and a ton of free resources. Thank you.